Patriots and decoys. Burn your fuel hot in the boost phase. Decide if you are strategic or theatrical. And the neighbors have an exoatmospheric battery. Why can't we have an exoatmospheric battery? Because uh, it's time to take talk to me. <laughs> Uh, we've got a couple of, uh, moms on the runway. Uh, can, can I, I thought we sprayed for moms. Can we get rid of the moms, please? Get rid of the moms. Welcome back, I am Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A tightly knit tracking system in the international airspace of Prague Rock, in which National Missile Defense Nick and Overshoot Position Omen will go into panic mode every single time that a song released by the Red Baron of Rock, Jethro Tull, makes a blip on our screen. Yes, song by song, album by album, we will assess the threat presence of Martin Beta Particle Bar, pull out the emergency binder to respond to the appearance of Mark Counterforce Craney, and scramble our fastest thoughts to intercept... David debriefing fluid peg. All of this in the tactical hope that Ian Anti-Aircraft Anderson will bestow us with the bingo fuel to make it through the entire musical mud launch of his oeuvre. You lost me at bingo fuel. Planes! I, oh, I was going to do that, and then I got confused with bingo fuel. <laughs> bingo fuel is the is the amount of fuel that it takes you to get back to base. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's like, oh, I'm getting down to bingo fuel. Oh, yeah. You got okay. B-I-N-G-O out of there. <laughs> then that's that's how they remember how much fuel it is. They sing that to themselves. They do. They do. Whatever works. For every For listeners, just a note here. I'm sure at this point you've heard us yell trains probably five or six times now. And for those of you who are not a part of the Patreon, you'll have no idea what it's about. It's a part of, it was our first episode of Feckless. We covered Walk Into Light, and one of the songs off of Walk Into Light is Trains. And that's where that ridiculous, probably obnoxious joke comes from. But if you subscribe to the Patreon, $5 a month, you get access to those podcasts. So you too can be a part of Trains. Indeed. Trains. Nick. Omen. Welcome back. We are getting deeper into the album A this week. That we are. Before we jump into the song of the day, the song du jour, if you will. Am I? Anything to chat about before that? I think I think we do have some chats. In fact, I've got uh, some paperwork coming in here. Hot. Marley. Thank you, Marley. I put 17 live kittens in your bed. What happened to the other three? I put 16 live kittens in your bed. Marley. Marley, you know I need at least 18, if not 20, live kittens a night. This is in your contract. I made this very clear, Marley. I'll go down to the local Starbucks and see what I can fish out of the trash. <laughs> Perfect. I love a Starbucks kitten. So many calories, though. I, you know, I treat myself every now and then. A squirrel counts as a kitten. 
Oh, it may be an in your culture. Yeah, we'll we'll count it as yeah. a as a can. Thanks, Marley. Hmm. Okay, so Marley just handed me a piece of paper that we have an email from another new writer in her. Yes. What is Nick, this is so exciting. Uh, I I'm so thrilled by the number of new writer inners that we have been getting recently. I, I got so excited that I just whacked my own mic. This is from Gregory K. Greg K. writes in, subject is your excellent podcast. Yes, yes it is. I wonder how that got to us. Who who did he mean to send this to? (laughs) Says, hi guys, just had to drop you a note to tell you just how much I'm enjoying TTTM. I'm a worldly 60 years of age and a lifelong tall fan. I've seen the band live 26 times and actually met them all twice. The first album I actually could afford to buy was War Child in 1974, but I was well aware of them from constant play of Aqualung songs on my local radio station, WDVE in Pittsburgh, PA. WDVE in Pittsburgh, PA. I first really started listening to Tull around 72 or 73 when my next-door neighbor picked up Aqualung, which he shared by copying onto a cassette tape for me. We're seeing a lot, a lot of that lately. Now, back at that time, records were hard to come by. There were no music stores anywhere near our home in rural western Pennsylvania, just a dowdy department store with a very limited selection. Add to the fact that coming up with $7 or whatever wasn't easy for a 12-year-old boy. I think my weekly allowance was about 50 When I turned 13, I was allowed to join the Columbia House Record oh Club. Oh my gosh, we're gonna this have to do like a the whole episode one. just on the Columbia House Record Club. I know that would that actually might be a good feckless. Among my first purchases was the brand new War Child album, which I played to death. The next year, I picked up Minstrel in the Gallery, which remains perhaps my favorite of all time. The problem with the Record Club was they offered current hit albums, but didn't have a deep backlog of older albums, so I couldn't purchase the first six albums until I was in college. I had never heard a passion play until I was something like 20 years old. Wow. That old department store occasionally got cutout albums. These were factory misprints or overstock albums that were severely reduced in price. They were called cutouts because the album cover had a corner cut off or a hole punched to indicate they were in some way defective. That's how I got Too Old to Rock and Roll, Songs from the Wood, and Heavy Horses. Unfortunately, these albums weren't in great condition, but I loved them all the same. To this day, when I listen to the song No Lullaby, I expect to hear two distinct skips in the music (laughs) where my needle couldn't track. Same is true of many songs where there were sharp pops or warbles where the needle hit a scratch. Life in the 70s was hard, boys. (laughs) Greg, thank you so much for writing in and for sharing your your experience listening to Tull through the ages. It's so fascinating to hear about where you could get records depending on where you lived and and you know, we we also grew up, we were we did grow up in the CD age, but we still had plenty of ripped cassette copies of albums yep. and I I think I spoke about when we were on benefit about how I can't hear with you there to help me without hearing in my head the warble on the cassette tape from having played it so many times in my 1995 Toyota Corolla. Yeah, for me it's a CD that was let's see I think it was this is not love 
off of Catfish. The the copy that I made of yours, I played the hell out of it so much that the it was the the scratch was only right in the very beginning of the first song. This is not love, and it would go and I can still hear it when I listen to that album. Yeah, it's so crazy that we were listening to it in our formative years, and no matter the media now, of course, kids don't have that opportunity to have the character because it's just an MP3. But I mean, everybody has that. It's it's very it's very cool. Yeah, it's, it's very really peculiar. Neat. Well, thank you, Greg K. Thank you for letting us fall into your K hole, Nick. What do we have next to talk about before we jump into the song? Well, I think we should talk a little bit more about a about the album that we are discussing. Why not? But rather than have us talk about it, how about we have oh, how about we have some quotes from Ian? Let's have Ian talk about it. I love that idea. What does Mr. Ian have to say about this album? In 1978 and 79, I felt like we were getting to that point where the band, as it was, had reached its zenith in terms of performing skills and capabilities. There was a degree, I think, to which it was getting a little like everyone needed some time out. We were committed to do the Stormwatch album, which we did, with the difficulties that were attached to making that album— It was certainly not that the rot had set in. It was just a sense of life being too short to keep repeating yourself, doing the same shows with the same people to the same schedule. I got the sense that other people were quite looking forward to doing other things. I knew that Barry Barlow had got other interests, which he wanted to explore, and John Evans was much more interested in practicing Beethoven sonatas than being on tour. We were at a point where probably everybody wanted to do some other stuff. It was just a case of, I'll make an album, but it will be something with other musicians, and music that doesn't necessarily have to accommodate the members of a band and what they're good at and what they're so good at. Yes, another instance of John Evans' classical piano rearing its ugly head. Yeah. You know, and it does, it's, I, I understand, you know, he'd been playing with those same musicians for such a long time. And and sometimes, Nick, you you have to refresh to be fresh. Yes, they say that T- too often, all too often, is that said. So so just we, we talked personnel last week. This is this is Ian with the full new band, except remember, he reached out to Martin. Yeah. About probably, I think, like a, a third to, to halfway through the process because he, he wanted guitar in here. So Martin was interviewed by Melody Maker, and he said that he was getting increasingly fed up with the band not being able to get anywhere in the studio. Oh, interesting. That the atmosphere was awful and that he was tired of being a musician in Jethro Tull. Wow. A direct quote from him, I felt that even if Ian was reforming the band, he should get a fresh guitar player for his own sake. We'd been together for too long. And he meant it in a good way, though. Like, he encouraged Ian to to break out, you know. One final note of what Ian said about about, uh, bringing Martin back in. The idea of of deciding to, to pull in a guitar. But we didn't get very far with it before I thought... This was going to become the Eddie Jobson band with a vocalist if we don't rein him in a bit and have some guitar on there. We'll get into it a little bit later on, but Eddie Jobson was very presentational. He was very like he he yeah. he he w- was big and moving about much like Ian does on stage. Right. And, it's, and it seems like in a sense maybe Ian was 
I don't want to say intimidated, but recognized that he needed to, if he wanted to keep the helm of the ship, then he needed to keep the helm of the ship. Right, and and what better way to keep that helm than to have a first mate whom you can trust? Oh, nautical metaphor. Oh. I know another interesting note about the personnel, uh, Mark Craney, the drummer, uh-huh. is the first American member That's right. of the band from Sioux North Falls, Dakota? South Dakota. Oh, South Dakota, South Dakota, yeah. All the way from fabulous Sioux Falls. I think he was like a session musician or just like super amateur over there. He played with some local local bands in South Dakota. And then I don't know where he got his, how he got his big break, but he, he played with Tommy Bolin on his last tour and did some albums, Brother to Brother by Gino Vanelli. Did a couple of other things. It's, I think Jethro Tull was his first real big break. Yeah, I, th- I think it was... I might I might be wrong on this, but I think it was Dave Pegg who knew him. It's possible. They may have crossed paths at some point, and Dave may have recommended it. I, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. So that's all I have for, for A for today. We can get into the song itself. Let's do get into yeah. the song itself. And that song, Nick, is what? Filingdale Flyer. This, is, this was the B-side off of the only single that came out for this album. The A-side was Working John. Ugh, love it. This song was recorded May 16th and 17th at Poplies, again, Ian's Manor home with the Maison Rouge mobile studio. Take six was the master on this one. Ooh, unusually long, but I think when we listen to it, we will understand why that may have been the case. I reckon you are correct, sir. That's all I got for details. You want to you wanna jump in? You want to fly into this one? Let's have a listen. Nick, that song leaves me positively dehydrated. Always pop an emergency before listening to Filingdale Flyer. That's right. Nick, what's the length of this song in um, in time minutes? <laughs> well, according to my my time minute calculating machine, it is it is four thirty four roughly. Oh, interesting. It seems yeah. almost longer than that to me. It does feel a little uh, on the long side, yeah. Not in oh god, it's a long song to get. Through. No, it just it it. There's so much going on there. It's so it's so dense and complex mm. that maybe it just takes my brain a longer amount of minutes to process it all, or or processing it makes me feel like it's taking more time. Yeah, they they fit a they fit so much in 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 like a second of the song, you know, there's so many layers and there's so many waves and, and particularly the piano is going at such a, a frantic speed when everything else is a little, a little less that I, I think yeah. it probably has like a time warpy feel to it. I think we'll get into some of the rhythm stuff here in a minute, but yeah. what's your overall impression of this song? Does this, does this get you going? I like this song very, very much. It's, it's a lot of fun. When I'm when I'm listening to it, not thinking about what the song's about, you know, not thinking about the lyrics, because because that makes me sick to my stomach and gives me goosebumps. <laughs> but the just listening to the music, it's so fun. Yeah. It's so fun. There's like a darkness to it, but it's it's fun though. It's like a light darkness. <laughs> darkness now with fewer calories. Now now with more light. Yeah. Well, they make it with Greek yogurt, so it's 
not as oh, bad. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's a high-protein darkness. Yeah, the, really good for your probiotics. Oh, yeah. so good, yeah. Yeah, your biome is happy. I had no idea what the song was about until yesterday. What? Really? Yeah, no no clue. I always wow. thought it was about a fun train. I thought it was a, one of the, like a fun train <laughs> song. No clue. Because I don't know, I never listened to the lyrics. I always was just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun to listen to. For for what it's worth, my my incredulity is only superseded by the fact that I researched this probably a month ago as opposed to yesterday. So by by virtue of me knowing that this what this was about a month earlier than you did, right. I can say, oh, omen, really? Right. But altogether, <laughs> the meaning of this song has existed for a very short amount of time in our in our general consciousness of this song. Yeah. But and I think that that's a credit to both the songwriting and the music that even having no clue what it's about, you can still enjoy the lyrics because of the poetry. Yeah. Yeah. And not even listening to the lyrics. You can enjoy it on a musically because it's just so fun. Yeah. It's, it is, there's something, there's something lilting about it. I think I like the way you put it, that you can enjoy it because of the poetry, the, the scansion or, or the the yeah maybe it's the scansion really the way he hits the lines the way that that the 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 verses are da, 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 da. it's all clipped it's almost staccato and then when you get into the chorus he he draws everything out flying no filing dale flyer everything yeah. gets pulled yeah that juxtaposition and then the the spots in between the 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 verses those instrumental breakdowns are, are really, really nice. We have a really good instrumental breakdown at about 3.30 that, that kind of pulls us out the rest of the song. Yeah, there's there's a lot of texture here, even though even though it kind of gets lost in the cacophony of synth when you when you stop to mm. listen to it. I never heard any of the detail until listening on these really good headphones. And I, I think that's well, and there may be that's some a problem due to the Steve Wilson remixes. Oh, I'm sure that's it is cleaned it up over time. I, and I actually just heard on the Bob Lefsetz podcast, the, the episode from the 20th of January. Oh, okay. He had a three-hour interview with Ian. It was fantastic. Three it was hours? So, it was an amazing interview. It was really, really good. But one of the things that he was talking about, they were talking about, at one point, the the remasters. And apparently, for some reason, the, the tapes for A really did not survive well oh. leading up to the remaster. And the way the the way the remaster works is they take the tape, the the the, the actual like tape, yeah. and they run it through an oven to bake the material back onto the film so that they can run it through the machine one more time Ooh. to digitize it. Yikes. Yeah. Not for the faint of heart. Apparently for A, it they lost a lot of the the low end, I think he said. I might be wrong. It might be the high end. I forgot. He lost one of the ends 
So it, it took Steve Wilson a lot of work to try to really balance things out. Well, the result is fantastic. I mean, you when I listen to this, I can really hear David Pegg coming through on the bass in, a, in an extraordinary way and and with a lot of nuance. Yeah. I can hear all the little lilts of the of the flute and the and the synth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all there. I, I, I think it's fab. I think it's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun, it's a busy song. It's it is it is uh, uh, it's a hair away from being a little too busy, but it works. It works for what it is. Sure, but I think that I think that that well, let's let's break it down. Yeah, sure. sure Off sure. the bat, we have some of this reverse echo effect. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. done by running the tape backwards and applying the, the reverb to it, like we talked yep. about in Old Ghosts. have these amazing stings which becomes this theme right off the bat dum 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 da dum yeah what an amazing line of melody kind of it's a it's a theme it's a it's a musical gesture and just in the background of those when he when like there so there's a couple of phrases of that yes. of that da 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 you can hear a shh in the background, like right at the end of each of those phrases that is clearly supposed to be a fighter jet. Or maybe a missile, something something airborne. Or a train, Omen. Or a train. It could be a train. <laughs> and then after that, very, and that, that opening, those stings, they remind me a little bit of going all the way back to a passion play. We have some other fabulous things happening with this song. We have a couple instances of the bass and guitar working in unison. Mm. So, okay, going back a second, this this sting stab phrase. Down, down, da down, down, da down. That kind of that gets adapted when the verse comes in. So when the verse comes in, we have this total change of feeling, this lightness that you've talked about, this kind of defiant bright feeling but behind it the the drums are doing this the uh, the the drum guitar and bass are doing this very funny rhythm which is related to that opening sting but not quite the same hmm where underneath the we have this kind of like down 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 yeah and it's it's not quite on, it's not it's not where you expect it to be it's a little bit off it feels a little it's funny you say passion play because that actually makes me think thick as a brick sure yes but yeah 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 i it's very difficult for me to focus on anything going in on in the background when we get into the chorus or the verses rather because the the I can't not hear the harmonies. I cannot hear the singing in this. Yes, the harmonies like, it, are it, really, really beautiful. So rich, so rich. The 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 inclusion of is it Peggy who's doing the the, the harmonies on this? Oh, D Pegs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. The inclusion of of Dave Pegg's voice with some extra layering of Ian in there too. I believe. I keep forgetting that that. There's an extra voice in here. It's it 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 takes the harmony game just 
off the charts from what we're used to yeah. with Ian singing. No, it's it's, it's amazing the difference it makes. Through clear skies tracking lightly from far down the line. There's also this thing going on with this song where, especially in the verses, we are we have ourselves a compound time signature. Nick McGill. Oh, here it is. Everyone, time for fantasy time signature land. <laughs> get your get your quantum maths calculator out. So a lot of it is in 4-4, four, four, but then there are these measures of 3-4. And I okay. don't think I tried real hard to find if there was a consistent pattern, and maybe there is, but I could not discover it because I am not a quantum maths music major. But we have this thing of, you know, it's... It, there are lots of examples of one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four. No. Yep. No. It's it's, a, it's above my pay grade. And then the other thing on top of that, so it's already very proggy. Uh-huh. And then on top of that, we have this, what I would call probably incorrectly, a polyrhythm, where you have one of the musical themes is that yeah, that's the in-between, yeah. That's going on. And at the same time, underneath that, at various points, we have... And those things kind of glide together, and they're not the same number of beats, but they all meet up at the same point at at one moment or another. That part's the the synth, right? That's the piano that you were talking about? It's the synth and the and the flute? The D D D D D D is flute. Bow, bada. That's the the synth, right? I think that the instruments change off a couple of times. Okay, those themes. Yes, yeah. That's okay. That's what I. Yeah, yeah. That's what they mostly sound like. Yeah. you catch the guitar in between those moments it, it, the the they like you said they're hitting those those stings and those beats in the verses when the singing is happening they're in the background but in in between when we get those those little bits of music martin's just doing a little he's like just got a little chuggy action oh, I totally going missed on that, actually that's fabulous. oh it's it's really interesting what a, what a quick quick change that just really encompasses the rest of it because everybody else does a change every time something happens whether it's verse to chorus or chorus to 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 instrumental bridge or or back everybody is kind of flipping a switch and i'd be really interested to see if if they were jumping time signatures too or something along those lines if because they are really embracing the 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 really quick changes there yeah it's such a, i i can understand why this took six takes to get because yes. it's very complex. It's very proggy. There's a lot of yeah. counting going on. And it's fast. And it's fast. It's fast. But the it's result so of it, fast. one of the things that I appreciate so much about this song is that Ian's singing in this song goes from a little more staccato to a little bit more fluid and legato. But in general, it has this sense of lightness, this lift, this kind of freedom to it that's being contrasted by this very strict surprising rhythmic bass and guitar hits all all the time at the i mentioned earlier at at about 3:30 we get into the the breakdown 
that goes into some really like like kind of eerie piano and then we get like a single i don't know if it's a triangle or a, a bell or a chime or something that yeah. hits once or twice that lasts only for about 10 15 seconds before more stuff comes in uh, vibroslap comes in a little I bit later into slap. that <laughs> love it fan instrument of the pod the the, the vibroslap have a vibra slap at one point you you did you absolutely well did. it was it was part of the moms oh sure basket of fun yeah yes in fact we probably used it to add sound effects to some some physical bit tomfoolery some physical bit yeah. of someone getting hit in the head oh, or, that was or, usually or what some clowning thing yeah yeah that's a good point i forgot we had that Anything else to add musically? I mean, I I think you could legit write a, a thesis on this song. But yeah. anything else that we can add? Oh, that I can add? No, definitely. I can I can do nothing more that than detract at this point. So I I think let's jump into the lyrics here. Yeah. So do we want to talk overall overall ideas theme of of this piece? I think we should talk about Filingdales. Yes, the RAF Filingdales, Royal Air Force. Yep, it's in Yorkshire where the pudding comes from. That's it. They deliver the pudding with the planes. That's why, that's <laughs> why, that's why they need this big installation. Yeah, that's what the song's about, actually. It was a, it is a, um, a radar base, an Air Force installation on Snod Hill. Lovely name. My favorite place. It was actually initially built by the Americans, but then it was, but it was built with the intention oh. that it was going to be, that the operation of it was going to be passed off to the, to the Royal Air Force. Okay. It was one of those instances where we're like, okay, we'll, we'll build something here because it's, it's ultimately for, for the betterment of, of us for our protection. Well, yes. And there, and you know, US and Britain have, have uh, had a historical military allyship. Yes, yeah, yeah. It forms part of this coordinated system of of overlapping radar systems that that kind of form this net which cover most of Europe and all of the US and and even into South America and and into the Middle East. So it's this huge it's just part of this huge and filing deals is a massively important part of that. So it basically is a radar Base. They they can track sure. things in the sky for a huge range. The motto of the base is Vigilamus, which means we are watching. I think it's pretty badass. <laughs> it's a little big brothery, but yeah. Sure, well, yes. But that's what it does. It watches the sky. The face I was making was at, at your, your Latin translation, or your Latin pronunciation, rather. Oh, is it not Vigilamus? I mean, Vigilamus. Vigilamus. Oh, Vigilamus. <laughs> Vigilamus. <laughs> Nowadays, it does a lot of tracking of satellites. Sure, it's yeah, it's it's any anything in the air basically 
It's yeah. part of the satellite warning service for the UK. Yeah. And, and at this point in history, when this album was was being dropped, there was the the arms race in the Cold War. And so there was this system. What they had was this, they called it the four-minute warning system. Yeah. The idea was, for instance, Russia was going to lo- launch a nuclear weapon at <laughs> at England. Just let's say for for... For just let's just pick a country out of the blue, Russia. Well, that's what it was primarily. That was the main. No, no, I, I know, I know. But they would. They said we will be able to give you the population of England four minutes from when we detect it to when it lands. Yeah, four minutes to to get what well, get under a desk was that was their big thing in the yeah, Cold War. Is yeah, like or get into a shelter or yeah, you know, have one last pint. Yeah, kiss kiss your your. Six kittens goodbye. Yeah, kiss kiss five of your six kittens goodbye. Which one would you choose to not kiss, Oman? With the one that was farthest away. I I mean, uh, fair enough. Yeah. So leave it to fate. <laughs> this was a massively important installation at the time. It looked like three massive balls on the hillside. Uh-huh. Now it's changed, and it's it looks like a big block with the sides tilted. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of a it's a pyramid, but with four sides instead of three kind of thing almost and the top lopped off yeah it's difficult to explain so that is that is filing dales rf filing dales this song however is about a specific event that occurred at filing dales nick do you have any insight into that event i in fact do do you i do so it there was oh it's a tetrahedron there we go. It's a tetrahedron. <laughs> Tune into our other podcast, Talk Tetrahedrons to Me. So there was a technical malfunction of some kind, and the good gentleman got a notification that there was a Russian ballistic nuclear missile on the way. Wow. And the dude on duty could either push the button to launch the nukes right right or or not yeah because this was the era of mutually assured destruction yes where if yeah that was basically the plan and i I know that was the plan in the u.s and there are several films made about this but like all right if the russians are going to launch nukes at us there's nothing we can do about it except also wipe them off the face of the earth yeah very gross very bad yeah very bad situation yeah. And now that we're getting into the specifics of the song, I think we can we can dive into lyrics because we do see instances of this event and this mindset as well in the lyrics here. Through clear skies tracking lightly from far down the line, no fanfare, just a blip on the screen. Through clear skies tracking lightly from far down the line, no fanfare, just a blip on the screen. You're used to sitting here at your desk with nothing happening there's there there are tensions it's the cold war obviously but you don't expect it and then suddenly there's the blip and then you see it yeah Uh, no quick conclusions now everything will be fine short circuit glitch and not what it seems no quick conclusions now everything So it sounds like, I mean, it based on the lyrics of the song, it seems like there was, a, as you said, a slight malfunction and they checked it out and found it was not, in fact, a ballistic missile. Right. But 
that must have been an incredibly tense couple of moments. Do we have the time to check it out? Right. And I guess, you know, the other side of it is, do we have the time to not check it out? Right. Yeah. And, and then we get into our chorus, Filingdale Flyer, you're only halfway there. So this makes me think of they're sending the jets. They're scrambling the jets. Yeah. Filingdale Flyers, you're halfway there. And then green screen liar for a second or so, we were running scared. Fly. We call you off halfway, say, false alarm. Right, right, right. Nothing to worry about. The The green screen, the the screen that was, I mean, all computers were, like, were green back then, sure, I sure. think. The, with the, that. the radar screen being green. Yeah. For a second or so, we were running scared. We, we th- thought the world was going to end. We thought nuke was imminent. Yeah. So I'm curious about, you know, I think that's that was one of my interpretations as well. The Filingdale Flyer refers to the jets that they scramble out to go and inter- try to intercept this thing. It could also refer to the blip itself. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a flyer. Did they have nuclear? They probably, they didn't have a silo there, right? Like. No idea. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, that's possible too. They could have sent it from there, but there's no, there's no idea of, of of being only halfway there with that. You can't pull that nuke back once it's, once, once it's out of the horse, that horse nuke out of the barn and you can't pull it back. Oh my God. Someone (laughs) needs to take this metaphor out behind the shed and shoot it dead. Put it out of its misery. Turn it into dog food. Nick, I want to point out something cultural here. Okay. Yeah. The Brits. What about them? Your friends, my wife, have often prided themselves on being culturally phlegmatic, even-tempered. Okay, sure. Stiff upper lipped. Right, right. And I think that this song perhaps is a championing, you know, obviously there's Ian's typical kind of picture painting and painting this this amazing mid-view landscape of this event. Sure, sure. But I think that perhaps he, even Ian can't help but kind of champion this sense of British cool-headedness. You know, I can imagine the circumstance where it's like, all right, we've got a blip on the screen. Very good. Shall we plunge the world into nuclear winter forever? Well, let's just have a check. Let's just look at the wires for one second. Oh, nope, there's something crossed. Very good. Let's not plunge the world into nuclear winter. Uh, T? Sure. Yes, very good. (laughs) So I just checked my notes, and this is actually based off of an American event, not a British event. It's an American event that Ian then thought about if it had happened Placed to the in, British. In Britain. Yeah. This was an American event where they thought the Russians were about to attack because of the malfunctioning warning system. Well, that really torpedoes my whole theory there, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, both of ours a little bit, yeah. But still, I mean, uh, that he he took, he picked that story up and plopped it over into the, the Britishism, but it still works, you know? And I I think... You couldn't get this, you couldn't get these notes of, of you're only halfway there, like you said, the stiff upper lip and, and kind of staunch uh, straight face. You couldn't get that telling a story about Americans. You know, I think there is something cultural there. Well, I mean, clearly the incident was American. And so there was a, some right. kind of a cool head in the room. 
Right, right. But I, I'm not sure you could get away with conveying that generally in a, in a story. Well, I think it works well here. Yeah. And I think what particularly works well is you pointed out his slightly staccato singing, the, the scansion mm-hmm. that's very like clips almost. Yeah. I think some of the writing really lends itself well to that and and conveys this sense of it, it almost conjures that that military abbreviated speak. Oh, sure. And that very, very, very efficient communication. I yeah. love the line, dead cert alert lit match to the straw. Dead cert alert lit match to the straw. Ooh, it's so clippy. And what it conveys yeah. is this, you know, horrifying possibility. Yeah. Of, of the world could go up in flames right now. Right. And and then the following line is actually my favorite line. One last quick game of bowls, we can still win the day. One last quick game of bowls, we can still win the day. That's all right, you threw you threw your ball, I'm gonna throw my ball and I'm gonna win two. Yeah. That's back back to what you said about about the mutually assured destruction. Yeah, and then write it, and then write again. The next line: fail safe, forget the things that you saw. Fail safe, forget the things that you saw. It's like, wait a minute, let's check the backup system. Oh, actually, everybody, just totally forget the last ten seconds. Put it out of your minds. Go take a shower, change your pants. Can you imagine the sheer? And I know that military people are trained for this specifically but can you imagine what the adrenaline rush and the cortisol the cortisone flooding your brain does to you in those moments i would i would like to think and it's it i would like to hope that it was the case because it didn't happen that the person on duty has like special training and special knowledge and and they must and they can handle a situation like this and i think you have to be of like a certain rank to be able to 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 be able to be like well nukes coming in yeah, but sure. for the for the americans like only the president can can la- can give the okay to launch a nuke right I don't know. I don't know what the circumstance yeah. was at that time. I mean, who knows? There, I'm true, sure there yeah. were protocols on protocols on protocols. Yeah. But I do think that the 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 red, the line that refers to the red telephone. Oh, yeah. Where is that? Keep your hand off oh, that yep. red. Yeah. Keep your hand off that red telephone. Keep your hands off that red telephone. The red telephone is typically the phone that calls the, the direct line to the White House. So I direct, think right about yeah. That. Direct to the Oval Office, yeah, Mr. President, blow him up. Yes. Who's pre- who's president back then? This was eighty. Was it Reagan? Let's find out. Who was president in nineteen eighty? Reagan. Ronald Reagan. I want you to blow up them Ruskies. Don't let them get us. We'll get the last bomb. My acting training has prepared me for this moment. <laughs> I worked with a monkey, and I can blow up Russia. I think your accent is a little bit more Nixon. It went a little bit of George W. And then it went a little bit into Nixon. It was the yeah. all president. It was. Yeah. Yeah. The, av- the avatar of presidents. I was listening to a wonderful podcast that is hosted by an ex-Navy SEAL. And it talks, he talks about leadership. It's called the Unbreakable Mind podcast. It's really a fun listen. And he was. <laughs> Sounds thrilling. And he was speaking with a, a fellow former Navy SEAL and. They were talking about one of the 
trainings that is now standard practice for the SEALs, which is mindfulness. Oh, wow. They're like, all right, all right, people, we know that you're going to be in some very stressful situations. Sure. So we're going to teach you how to take a breath, de-escalate your panic response. Sure. And be able to better analyze the situation in front of you with a calm mind. I thought that was so cool. That should be common practice for anyone going into combat. It should be common. It should be I mean, practice for, for everyone, anyone, I think. In, but in but general, especially yeah. for anyone who is going to have the lives of anyone else in their hands. Absolutely. Yeah. You should meditate for eight hours a day and then do your 10-minute shift in the nuclear button lab. And then sleep for seven hours and 50 minutes. <laughs> yes. Omen, do you know what's coming up next week? If you put me in a box of spiders and told me that I could get out of the box, if I answered that question, I would have to make friends with those spiders. Nick, what is the song that we're listening to next week? That was a journey. Wow. <laughs> next week is Working John, Working Joe. I love that song. This you album, I know really you do, dig, Nick. I really, really enjoy every song off of this album. It's really, really solid. It's really, really solid. It is. I admit. Until next week, you can take five of your hard-earned dollars from your working week and frivolously blow them away on a membership to our Patreon, which will get you all sorts of unnecessary items that you do not need to live your daily life, such as two additional podcasts, Outtake Tall to Me and Feckless, and access to our Discord, which is where you will find a whole bunch of like-minded Tall Skull nerds talking about almost all tall aspects, but a lot of other things too. We've been talking about Indian food in the Discord you lately. You know what it really is, Nick? It's a it's an old-fashioned social club. It is. You can come in, have a glass of scotch, sink into an overstuffed leather armchair, but actually none of that because it's all online. <laughs> no fanfare, just five blips on the screen, please. When you rate us five stars with Apple Podcasts, or it, maybe Spotify has rolled out their star system at this point. They have. I've already seen it. Yet. Oh, they have? You, have you seen it? Oh, okay. I know some people are, are still not seeing it, but... Confirmed. Omen, Omen has confirmed that the star system is there. So yeah, rate us there as well, please. Until next week, I am the short circuit glitch, Nick McGill. I am that tempting red telephone, Omen said. We are this last quick game of bowls, feckless moms. And this is the burnt out circuit under your desk. Talk tell to me. Thompson, welcome to the uh, welcome to the most exciting job in the RAF. Did you bring the biscuits? I, I, I brought the tea. I thought you were bringing the biscuits. Oh, damn! How are we going to stay awake? You know, the, you know what that means.
This is a Code Red biscuit situation if we have no biscuits. It's not just my tummy that's in danger. It's all of Britain. Should we use the red foam? We... Listen, that is only for if we run out of both tea and biscuits. Oh, oh okay. So it's it's not that bad yet. Check your protocol book. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I just started at this post. You're supposed to be training me. It's all right. Frankly, frankly, it's a reflection on you, not me. All right, all right. Back to your, back to your, uh, back yes, to your studies. Yes. I'm going to give you a quiz on procedure. Yes. All right. All, all right, right. All right. Let's say it's, um, let's say it's 20 past dark hour. And uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. we have six bogeys in the chamber. And we have had a non-valid confirmation with our American allies. In Correct. that situation, how many lumps of sugar do I take? Well, you always take two. I know That's you like right. sweet tea. That's right. That's right, Johnson. That's well done. Lieutenant, quick question. I know yes. it might it might be a little early in my, my training, but yes. is that light supposed to be flashing? Light supposed to be flashing. Let me see. Uh, that's the kettle. That indicates that it's boiling. But w- what about that one by the radar? Oh. Oh, Pippi Willicks. My God. Johnson, I... Um, that's... That's the bad blip. We have to we have oh. to do things. Oh, it's the bad. Um, hold on, let me look in the book. Yeah, flip, flip uh, b- b- bad bad blip. Uh, red phone. It's the red phone. Lieutenant. The red phone. I've never touched it. Um, I'll I'll, I'll make the call. I'm the superior uh, officer. I'll make the call. Oh, <coughs> all right, all right. Hello, this is your president. Mr. President, first of all, I'm not sure why I, a British officer. I'm calling the American president, but here we are. Uh, I have to inform you that we've detected a blip. You, f- you found a blip. You, a blip. A blip on the screen, a screen blip, a bad, bad screen blip, sir. And uh, we're wanting to know, should we go ahead and, um, and push the big red button uh, to destroy the world? Oh, it's, it's that kind of a blip. Oh, yes, that blip, sir. Yes, yes. Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? Uh, no, actually, that's a very good idea. Johnson! Johnson, yeah, uh, yeah, hit yeah, yeah, the power yeah. switch and turn off the entire facility except for the phone line and then turn it back on. Got it. All right. And we're down. And we're back up. Oh. Well, that turned the kettle off. Oh. Well, can you tell me about the blip? Uh, the blip seems to be gone, actually, so probably it was nothing. Thank you for that. Um, uh, one other situation I did want to let you know about. Uh, we are out of biscuits, so if it's possible that you could uh, maybe speak to Congress about sending your allies a, a, a bigger biscuit supply. Biscuits, biscuits are like the the bread cake things, right? Oh, no, oh you is that potato chips I'm, for I'm you? I'm really not sure how your country has survived this long. Um, what uh, is that? An elevator? I don't. There's only other one thing that I that I have to tell you, sir, and that is uh, to finalize this report. I do need for you to sign off with your official code sentence. Oh, the, yeah. Let me get the book. I haven't gotten this call yet. Yes, uh, I believe it is that. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, t- Talk told to me is a proud member. What's today? Tuesday? All right. Uh, Tuesday, it's after 3 p.m. The moon is half full. Oh, of the of the, of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. Thank you, sir. We will officially not launch the nuclear weapon and um, Cheerio. I'll work on getting you some Cheerios. Johnson, I think I'll take three lumps today. It's been a rough one. Clink, clink, clink.